Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Episode 909 of Coach Unplugged. Very excited. Part two with John today. Um, the Bates basketball, men's basketball coach. Um, great guy. My son, it was on my son's list and, um, I have nothing but great things to say about Bates. It was definitely very high on his list, to be honest with you. Great school. Um, go over and check it out. Um, anyway, before we jump into part two, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine, great people up in, uh, great people up in Minneapolis and Bloomington. I think they're in Bloomington, Minnesota. Um, uh, I was saying Minneapolis, but it's actually Bloomington, I think. Uh, anyway, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you want to win more games in less time from someone that's done it at the high school level, at the highest level, won national tournaments, lots of state titles, um, come over and check us out. And uh, yeah, I, I do not think you'll be disappointed. 14-day free trial. All right, let's head off to the podcast. Well, for me this year... Uh, I was, I was, I've been on zoom calls since, you know, obviously since it's March and April. And I was lucky right. enough that my, my, um, full-time assistant, uh, he was around for about a month in that transition. Then he got a head job. We had a little bit of a junior list and I just started doing a lot of reach outs, setting up a lot of zoom calls with families, having the players and families meet with my guys. I was a little worried about that because usually in the springtime is when you, you start to hear from like assistant coaches, but I didn't have any that were, so I, I felt like. I was walking that line between I'm desperate and I need you and I'm interested in you and I want to talk further, you know, cause I think so many other guys were like, Oh, I'm hearing from a lot of assistant coaches, but he's the only head coach talking to me. Like they must be really bad. you know? Right. Right. So, but I think it helped me though. So I, I got, um, I had four players apply early decision round one, which I was not expecting at all. Um, but the nice thing about, the good and bad thing about not having grad school is that the good thing is that my guys are going to graduate and move on. So I don't, I don't have to really worry about roster management. Like, Oh, I have three guys that might stick around. Right. My schools that have that, they might not know what their guys are doing yet. 
Right. And then the roster man, the, especially in a school like that, roster, r- roster management is definitely an issue that I never even thought about that. Like, uh, yeah, you can't keep everybody happy. And that's, and, and you know, I've, I've learned that the, the hard way, I think, in my short time. But so, yeah, I mean, I think it's been a smooth, a smooth operation for us. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try to get maybe one more go elephant hunting here in the last one. Uh, Do you have ED2? Is it ED2? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have ED2. So we'll, you know, we're involved with some guys that I think, you know, quite honestly, if they had any live period, <laughs> I would not be talking to them. But I'm just kind of holding on for dear life that they don't get the, you know, the Harvard, Yale, Princeton. Well, office. the problem is that this, the, I, I've thought about this too. Is like there's probably hidden gems out there this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't you know, know where they are. I would have no idea. But well, it's hard to find, even for me. Like, yeah, can't go but, anywhere. They, 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 you, you, they couldn't, they couldn't go, you know, it's like, it's the same with the Ivies. Like they can't get their normal. Now they've got more revenue. They've got more ways of finding them, but there's kids that are going to get missed. I'm guessing at every level um, this year. Uh, about it. I think next year we'll, I think we'll be back to normal. The science person in me can, is convinced by next summer we'll be back to relative normal. Um, but I think you're right. I think there's some, probably some hidden, some hidden things. And I think the ED thing make, does that make it harder or easy for you? Uh, it makes it harder in, in one sense that a lot of guys don't want to make a decision that early in their senior year, right? Like it's before their senior year starts, they're going to decide where they're going to school. Right. And basketball is probably the only sport that's as subjective as it is where, you know, if you're 16, 18 years old and you've got a basketball in your hand, you think you're Michael Jordan. They, everybody thinks they can play. Everybody, you know, like, how many guys you see out there on the football field are like, you know, throwing the ball like it's Joe Montana. Like, no one's right. doing that. So, uh, so it's hard in that way. Like, I have to convince guys that this is the spot for you. Right. Um, the, the benefit, though, is also um, we, can just, we can really front load our recruiting. And, and, and we just know by December 15th, all right, hey, we got half our class. Well, you know because they're coming. They've made a decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. And because and, I think for me, recruiting is just, it's, it's you know, it's, there's never an off season for it. So I like if we can get all of our class early decision, all my energy now goes to the team that's on my campus. And so right. many times you feel like you worry about the next guy. It's like, what about the guys that are here? Right. And, and, and that's where, you know, I, if we had had a season this year, I would have been, you know, recruiting's basically done. I'm, I mean, and I'm more of a, my assistants would say this, like they do a lot of the recruiting during our actual season because I have to, my focus is on the guys that are here. Right. Right. Um, there's always an element, right. Of like, man, there's guys out there. We got to see them. Right. And then you want to see them during their season rather than in the, in the AUC. Yeah. That's an interesting, um, what's the farthest away that you've had somebody come to Bates to play? I mean, we have guys, we have international guys in our roster right now. We have, uh, oh, we got, um, yeah, two from Africa, one from Nigeria and one from Senegal. And then we have a, a player from London, England. We have one from Singapore and one of my hopefully incoming guys, he lives in Washington, but he's from Croatia. Okay. And so, do, did you have, was there problems with them this year with school? having to go home and not getting back in the country or nothing like that? No. So they, um, no, they got back. I mean, they, I think the timetable, they had to get back here quickly. 
okay. uh, in August. But they have, you know, all the guys that were international avoided any problems getting back into the country. Well, that's good. Um, what's the hardest thing to teach? Like a specific basketball sure. thing. It could be anything, but I mean, I was thinking basketball, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I wouldn't, yeah, maybe not the hardest thing to actually teach, but maybe get to get these guys to understand is like shot preparation. Um, <laughs> like, Show him Steph Curry, man. The only reason Steph uh, Curry is Steph Curry is because he's shooting before he catches the ball. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> I think that's the hard part. Like, you know, some of the guys that are really good for me but haven't been challenged that much in high school, like the difference between being open and not being open at our level is this. You know, it's like if you don't have your hands and feet ready, and your eyes are locked in on the rim, guys closing out and you're dead. You can't, you can't get it off. So, you know, I feel like so much of what I try to emphasize is like being a threat without the ball. Sometimes it's by standing there and having your hips down and your hands ready and your eyes are like, you know, wide. That draws de- attention from defenders naturally. They're like, wow, this guy might, he's ready to shoot. And, they, and, they, and they, sometimes those defensive players forget he's not a shooter. <laughs> you know, he's like a, he's a Rondo. Right. But like, because he's so ready, guys are like, they start hugging their man a little bit more. Now we created a gap for our ball handler to, to drive. Yeah. Are you, are you a hopper or one stepper? So I, I, at our level, I, I actually watch how they do it for the first time where they're comfortable. And I haven't repped the crap out of that. You know, like I don't, I, for me, if I was a division one coach and I had more time with my guys, I would probably, I would probably go like one, two. Cause I think the hop step at our level confuses the crap out of officials and they're like oh which pivot foot is it i don't know travel like i, I don't you know i'm trying to eliminate turnovers footwork right. is the worst that's why i have a lot of, i've slicked it up because i have a ton of gray and white hairs it's like every turnover they just keep growing i know i hate turnovers that's like i have very few pet peeves one of them is like it's a math teacher in me so here's the here's the here's what i tell my guys every time you turn the ball over it's a six or eight point turnaround. And they go, what do you mean? I go, it's three points we could score. Now three points they could score. It's six points differentiation. It's a stats teacher in me. It could be four points if you get fouled shooting a three pointer. But yeah. are you kidding me? Like, that's the most important thing on the court. Uh, yeah, I can't. 100%. I, oh, I can't handle turnovers. Oh. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's <laughs> it, I guess at least with like the travels, at least, you know. You can set your defense up. Do you so see I, the same officials over and over, or is there a big enough pool out there? Uh, in conference games, the uh, New England assigner does a good job knowing that our league is is a good league. Okay. We, we very rarely get guys on our league games that shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Um, like some of the non-league games, you know, you, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, part of it, you're going – hey, is there a rule about when you can play? Like even non – do you have to play on weekends? Do you have to play – are there rules about that? There's no, I mean, the rules are at the discretion of each institution, you know, okay. like our, our administrators are more of the mindset. Like there's only so many places for us to put the actual games because we actually start on November 1st, as right. opposed to October 15th. So like, it's, uh, you know, we try to fill as many weekends in the first semester. And then we try to do like the, the close away games, like during the week and keep any, any non-league games that are two hours away for like a weekend so that you know do you have do you have a do you have a um you have somebody that runs the does the administrator in the league run the conference schedule or how does that go yeah yeah they just that that's like that's probably 20 years out right now they have that all set oh they do yeah yeah (laughs) 
there's no, there's no discussion about that. No, um, no. Is there is there uh, is there a coaching failure or 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 a success that would we could dive into that would help a coach that's listening? Can be a success, can be a failure. Well, yeah, I'll start. I, I mean, I, I maybe not failure, but let's start with the negative side, and then we'll build up to the positive side. I think, um, I think a lack of communication with your players off the court is is a and, and obviously at the high school level where you probably have a lot less time. That's that's a hard, cha- more challenging thing to do. But I, I love the quote: like your players don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. So I, I think spending time getting to know your players and what makes them tick. Um, is, is so important. And I think when we forget sometimes as coaches, this is what we do. This is right. really what consumes 98% of our headspace. Whereas like, you know, a, a 16 to 22 year old kid, they got a lot of other things trying to try to do. So I, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, having conversations and understanding each individual that you're coaching and know how to coach that person to maximize their ability for your team. And I think for the young coaches listening, the easiest time for a high school coach to do that is out of season. Yes. Like I do that in the summer. I do that in the spring. I do that in the, it's not that I'm not communicating during the season, but it's the, it's the fog of war that you kind of like get lost. And I get to learn what pushes, what buttons I can push and what do I have to do when it's not like, Oh, coach is going to pull me. I mean, I, I just from someone that's done it for 30 years, that's when I build that that you'll they'll run through that wall for me like right. i've already built that up so when i get on them for turning it over they're like okay coach is just because they already know me like you know they've been to my house they know how things tick um so for the young coaches i think that's that's a huge takeaway that are listening is that relationship building is not maybe in the three or four months college is different because you see them all the time but the three or four months outside is when you can really build those relationships the, the deep ones big time um, yeah big time. and then they and then they will run through a wall and then and like you said now you have the culture that the new guys come in and they just they already know wow this coach he's gonna he's gonna love me hard right you know i'm always gonna love him i might not always like him but i'm gonna love him because he's gonna push me to be the best that i can be right and, and that takes time i mean that's just that's not a light switch you can turn on and off that's a that's a work in progress so you know, I'm with you on that. I, I finally feel like I've had that the last couple of years where the culture has taken, you know, I inherited a bunch of guys that weren't expecting me. Right. And I had to, you know, and I, I think that's the other thing I would say is if you're taking over a program, you can't say these guys aren't my guys. You have to make the guys you inherit your guys. Right. That's, that's one thing that I tried to do really consciously was you know, if we weren't winning the first few games, I'm not going to go to my AD and be like, well, I didn't recruit these guys. Like, no, those are my guys. Right. And, and you have to own the people that you take on as opposed to waiting until you get to, cause, cause that's a cyclical like cycle. If you, all it takes is one or two of those guys to ruin it for the next five years. And you're spending so much time trying to get people on board. So take the time we can with your players whenever you have the chance. I think that's a great thing. Uh, what's one thing you've learned in the last week? That nothing's guaranteed. Like, <laughs> I was really thinking we had uh, a chance maybe to schedule some non-league games. Um, but, like, you know, the cases are going up everywhere. They're going up in Maine. They really couldn't go anywhere but up where we are because there was very few. Okay. Um, but you just got to – whatever you have, you got to appreciate. So, I, I think – that's one. That's my main core value is appreciation. You know, I think so many times we look at what we don't have or what we can't do, and I think we got to highlight the good of what we can do and what we do have. So, 
Um, that's, that's where I spend a lot of my energy and I, I try not to let things unlike 12 years ago, John Furbush, uh, the world, the world was out to get me coach. Yeah. I was like, uh, no one, everyone's me. coming after me. Yeah. Get better, get, get better or get bitter is what I tell my guys recently. Hey everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, I'd like to give a big shout out to teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. They, they allow us to keep these podcasts moving and chugging and uh, allow us to pay the bills. Um, so it's one way that you can give back. If you love these podcasts, come over and join for a couple of months, be a 14 day free trial, kick the tires around. And we've got lots of great new things going up on a daily basis. We would love if you subscribe and like um, wherever you, you do that, Apple, Spotify, um, and then go over and check out our other two podcasts, uh, High School Hoops and Teacher Sidegate. I think you'll love them. All right, let's head back to the podcast. Uh, is there one thing you would change about the game? You know, I haven't really thought about that. I, I, I'm kind of stuck still on your jump ball thing. I think that's such an interesting. Like, that's really like it, it made me think. Like, do I, is that necessary? You know that I, it's I, really I, not. Like, I understand the NBA where they actually jump all the jump balls, but why do we? Why? Why are we wasting time? on that just give the visiting team everywhere it's like baseball like you said you know we know who goes to the bat first like right. it is what it is you know um yeah that's uh i mean i think if i had to pick something right now i would say let's just, just eliminate that give the visiting team the ball and then you start your change of possession or your, your uh i think it would i think it would i think it would make it more chess like for the coaches too because we would like okay i'm going on i would have all these like you could do something to me like i'm coming to your place I'm taking the ball out of bounds to start the game. You can do something. I don't know what you're going to do to me that first possession, let alone. Right. Yeah, I think it, I think it could be, it could be intriguing. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. From that standpoint. Um, all right. Let's. Uh, I'm going to go through my rapid fire. Um, so rapid fire is just a quick question, and then we'll dive into it. Um, what's your favorite brand of basketball really i haven't had a rock one in like months why just the way i mean i would I, I i would say i was a good catch and shoot player and and it doesn't for me it never really matter but for whatever reason when i was just like on that release with the rock i just thought there was no way that wasn't going in every time there's a feel with the rock i think too wow. there definitely is uh do you have any superstitions yeah i don't None. Know. uh well so let me let me take this back um I have a pair of socks with my that with my kids my kids faces on them. I those are I would say those are like my uh, my rally cap socks. So if I if if I feel like we're struggling or have a big game that we haven't been playing well, th those socks are going on. So that maybe that's that's my superstition. Okay, uh, you have one word to describe your ideal player. Charismatic. You're you're the first coach to say that. That's I love that. I love that. Um, one sporting event. You go to one sporting event in the world. What would you go to? No, uh, uh, all expenses paid is what I tell coaches. You go to one sporting event in the world. What would you go to? Well, my my brother was a professional baseball player, so I would I would go to one of his games if he was still playing. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite pregame meal? <laughs> so Probably peanut butter jelly. Okay. Peanut butter jelly. I'm very light. I, I'm not, I'm heavy after. Oh, I'll I'll put on a clinic after that. Game. Yeah, I'm like I'm like Chick Fil A drive through. Like, let's <laughs> go. Like, it's right across from. They put a Chick Fil A right across from uh, uh, the school. So now it's like, oh crud. It's like so. It's like, but I know when they close. So it's like I got to get out of the coaching office by the time so I can get there in time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what does your What does your game day look like? My game day. Uh, I'm a big believer in, in if we're depending on where we are, I guess I always like to have a good meal with my kids. So, you know, I usually ask them, what do you want for your game day breakfast? You know, 
typically pancakes, maybe some chocolate chips in them. Um, so I have a nice meal with the, with the kids before I send them off to school. And then <clears throat> I like to get a workout in middle of the day just to break up my head face. You know, I, I feel like I'll get in after the breakfast and do some like prep, make sure our scouting reports tight and, you know, guys are in their routines. And then before I start overthinking things and second guess what my gut is saying, I go work out for a good hour. And then, uh, I usually get it. We have a, we have a doctor dish. I usually get on that, get a few shots up. We're at home. I feel like I maybe I give a little, little love to the rims and, um, and then, you know, team meal and off we go. So do you do a team meal? You do do the team meal? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's, uh, a, you know, like the dinners always before the game is, is like a non-negotiable. We're always having a team meal. I just think that's a way to, you know, everyone has their own routine during the day. But I think once we get into that, that mode of like, Hey, we're going, we're going to war here. We're going to eat together. And then we're going right. to eat together in the game and then we're going to eat together after the game. So right. it's a three meal process. Okay. Uh, what's one thing you do to relax? Golf. No. I love golf. Okay. Now when I sit relax, that's, I'm talking <laughs> mentally. Okay. I, uh, that's a frustrating game. Well, I th- it's made me a better coach. I've, I've, I'm more patient. I've learned that it's taken time, but I feel like some of the shots I've hit that I used to get furious about, I've realized, you know what? You're not good enough yet to get mad. Right. No, no, I get it. You're like the third, you're, you're like the third coach in like the last month and a half to say golf. And it's like, man, I used to golf. I know that I'd rather go for like fishing. At least if I just don't catch anything, it's like, I don't know <laughs> that I miss that fish. It's like, um, yeah, it's okay. I love, I, you're Great. not alone. Trust me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it keeps me competitive, but it also, it's the one area in my life I feel like, but you know, besides when I'm with my family, even though I'm still my brain's still going basketball, but when I'm golfing, I I'm able to check out from, from hoops a little bit and it refreshes me. You know, I come back, I'm like, okay, I can dive back into basketball now. That's valid. I mean, yeah, mine's like taking walks and running and getting out of the house and listening to podcasts or audible or some books and stuff. Um, then I leave it. And then as soon as I like turn it into the circle, oh crud, then I think about all the stuff I got to do. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, best basketball player you have seen in person. Kobe Bryant. Okay. Uh, one coaching technique you consider important. Oh, uh, footwork. It's so undertaught. I think it's hard to teach. That's why it is. I think, uh, people think you come to my program or come to the college level and, and all of a sudden we have these magical plays that no one's ever heard of. And it's like, we're going to really continue to build on the fundamentals that you've already been given. Right. No, I think that I think footwork is uh, yeah. I, I don't. I I hundred percent agree. What What's one thing that's helped you become a better coach? Well, besides golf, besides I will golf. say um, becoming a husband and a father. I think that's for me. I put everything in perspective, didn't? Oh it? man, like you know, my kids, my kids are old, my seven year old daughter is old enough now that like she's visibly upset when we don't win. Like she makes it she makes it way worse than it should be. But you know, for the most part they're just so happy that daddy's home or that they get to see, you know, like, and it, it just is, uh, it's made me a much better coach. They're, you know, they're very involved with, with the program. So my players know them. Um, and it just, it reminds me that I'm actually in charge of 15 to 16 kids. You know, right. like <laughs> I told parents like, Hey, bring your kid to me. I'll take care of them. Well, right. The next four years. Yeah. That's Yeah. It, 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 I, I don't think I don't think the I mean I'm still competitive. I don't think the the I don't think the losses deep are as deep as they were pre-kid. Like they were real I mean literally they were some of them I can still feel like um 
Yeah. Um, what's the best game you have seen in person? Honestly, I think two the last two games we played this year, I mean, we had this crazy buzzer beater at Middlebury. Um, and then uh, we lost to Colby in triple overtime in the playoffs. You did. I watched part of that game. I mean, they – That was a crazy game. Oh, that was – I've never been that emotionally exhausted for, you know, two weeks. It just, you know, they hit three shots in the last like 10 seconds of each period to like tie it. And two of them were just, (laughs) you know, they just had the basketball magic that day. And, but I feel like that was a game where being part of that, you know, not even as a spectator, I think people were like, that was so amazing. But like being on the floor with my guys, feeling like we did all that we could, it just wasn't good enough. That to be part of that was a really special game. Um, you have a favorite quote or a favorite saying? Oh man, I, I have a couple, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say this one. It's just a, it was a saying. I don't think it's a quote, but I had a former assistant, part-time guy, who was just a, he was a hard-nosed dude, and he said, "Effort without results is meaningless," and. And I, and I really broke down what I think he was trying to say. Because I think, you know, efforts are non-negotiable. You always have to play hard, but you also have to play smart. You know, you can't just pride yourself on hard work. You have to be a smart player as well. I think in his mind, he was like, yeah, great. You worked hard, but you didn't do anything. Whereas I think what he was trying to say was that you can't just work hard and expect to have success. You have to work smart as well and uh so but i like that quote i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna send that out to my social media that i want to see how people react to that quote (laughs) that's an intro that's an intriguing quote to me it is and i think with the context it was set in it was it it made sense but i think if you just heard that as an outsider you'd be like wow this guy is uh hard nose yeah he he is yeah but there's a lot of i think there's depth to that quote i think there really is um one word to describe your coaching style. Patient. Um, best coach of all time. See, people, coaches always have a hard time. They'll say the best player in two seconds, but yeah. they'll, they all know who they want for the best player. They, this one they always have a hard time with. I, I mean, I, it, it'd be hard for me not to say Greg Popovich. I like Pop, too. Pop doesn't get a lot of votes. I think he's uh... – yeah, I mean he's he's he produces. You so know? think of so so I always tell the coaches think about the people you just left off your list. Like that's right. crazy. Like I know. Right, right. <laughs> that's the problem. It's like you have to pick one. But one, okay, one one uh, one book you would recommend? The, the I read uh, Reggie Miller's autobiography called "I Love Being the Enemy," and I just thought I thought it was so fascinating for somebody that maybe doesn't didn't have the, you know, the DNA of some of the guys in his era, but the way he mentally prepped for games and the way he used his ability to like trash talk and, but still stay engaged in the moment. It was a, uh, it was a great read, you know, and, and he's somebody that I think a lot of players now, if you say Reggie Miller, they're like, who's that? They don't even know who he is. Um, they know I mean, him from TV is where they know. Him well, yeah, they know him from TV, but I don't know that they know him as a player. And I think they you really can get into, you know, how he became as good as he was just reading that book. So I think that's a good one. His sister could play too. Oh um, man. He talks about that too. <laughs> she could play. Uh, one thing you tell your young self. There's always room for improvement. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Be a lifelong learner. That's why I teach yeah. my students all the time. Like, you know, like when I, te- when I, when I step down from coaching and teaching, it's like, that's just, I'm just closing that chapter of the book and then I'm going to open another book and I'm going to do something else. Um, yeah. 
All right, so let's uh, let's talk about baits. Give a give a little bit like so. This is what I'm going to tell you. Give give your two minute. I'm a I'm a parent, or I know of a kid. So here's I'm gonna I'm gonna help coach for thirty seconds, and I'm gonna let him give his pitch. So if you're if you're six four to six six, can shoot the ball long and really smart, call coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's probably a spot. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so go ahead. Give, give your sales pitch is what I say for 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 the coaches in your league. What what, what give your sales pitch to why baits? Because you don't have to sell me because obviously it was on my son's list. But um, for someone that's listening, someone who lives in California or Washington or Illinois or something, you know, tell us a little bit about baits and why it's a, why it's a good fit. Absolutely. Uh, so baits, we were founded in 1855 by abolitionists. And we've been accepting people of all color, gender, race since since then. And so that's, you know, I think our foundation was built on uh, a really positive thing that was way before any other schools in our league uh, were doing things like us. So um, I think diversity, equity, and inclusion are at the forefront of our institution, and um, that's that's shown in our student current student body. Um, what, what's unique about Bates is that as I mentioned earlier in, in my visit was the authenticity and uh, genuineness of everybody that you meet. Um, it, it is a place where if you think you're going to be able to just put your head down and, and not converse with people, you're wrong. I think people are very friendly. They want to have conversations. They want to have challenging conversations. Um, and so it's a place where you can really grow and it doesn't matter where you're from or who you are or, or what you're looking to accomplish. There's a space for everybody here. Uh, to be the the person that they want to be, um, and then from an athletic standpoint, you know, I went to school here, so I I know what it's like to be in the trenches, and I can give sound advice, um, and I'm I'm fully committed to the development of young people, and that's that's for me what's so important about our profession is that the wins are great, don't get me wrong, but when I'm getting invited to players' weddings and they want me to be part of their most important day in their life, uh, that just reminds me that what we're doing is so much bigger than basketball, so. Um, you got a coach that's committed to your son, not just for the next four, but the next 40 years. And, uh, so I just think it's a, it's a really special place with a lot of special people. And, um, we got a chance to be really good. I think we can, you know, and people forget to talk about the importance of winning. You know, I think that's, this is a place where we can win and we've, we've done it in the past and I think we can do it again. I liked your admissions officer. I, I, I remember meeting him. I think he made an impression. I'm trying to think of, uh, it was Jared or Daryl. Yeah, it was, it was one of them. I it, it was it was yeah. good. It was um. They're great. I mean, yeah. they're you know we work really closely with them, and um, they. I, I don't think this is the case for all schools similar to ours, but you know we have forty percent of our student body are athletes, so they know how much coaches can impact a class for right. admissions, and so they they are really mindful of how much work goes into what we do. And they want to find ways to help us, not find ways to hurt us. No, I think that's great. All right. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate you coming on. I really do. Awesome. Appreciate thank you, Coach. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you love it and you want to support us, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial as we talk. Subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you got to do. Those Apple podcasts mean a lot to us. I read every one of them. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.